This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Set me free of the chains holding me. Is anybody out there hearing me? Set me free. Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, Proclaim liberty to captives and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. And one of the most titanic spiritual battles of all time may very well have been the scene when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in that scene, we see him falling down, to, face down to the ground multiple times, and even praying in agony to the point where blood is coming down his forehead. And during that time, he, I think after the second time he had prayed, he goes back to the disciples, or apostles, I mean, and finds them sleeping. And then he says to Peter, so you could not watch with me one hour? And then he gives them the one weapon that they need. He says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So the one, the one weapon Jesus gave them in that intense spiritual battle was prayer. Nothing else. And then we fast forward to the early church. How did they begin? Acts one fourteen. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. The early church began with seven days straight at prayer meetings. No messages, sermons, worship bands, nothing else. Just seven days straight at prayer meetings. And some scholars even think it was nine days. And then what happened was after those seven days of prayer, they were anointed with power to the point when Peter did the first sermon, 3,000 people came to Christ. Later on in the book of Acts, we see them praying for boldness and then the walls shaking. In Acts 2.42, the early church was devoted to teaching, fellowship, and prayer. And, and then in James 5, we see that the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain in the earth. Then Elijah prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. People, prayer is our most powerful spiritual weapon. And one of the reasons that the church is getting shredded right now is because we, our churches are not houses of prayer, and we haven't equipped our people to be spiritual warriors, prayer warriors, and Fifteen years ago, I uh, had set up the Blazing Grace website, actually the end of 2004, and I assumed I was going to get mostly men coming to us while we were getting mostly women um, at the time and still get tons of wives coming to us for help. And then the next thing I knew, I found myself in prayer meetings with wives from all over the country, four or five women, and, and then there was one lady in particular, her name was Robin Williams, and I would notice 
um, when she prays, like I could just tell this woman has a gift. There were times when it almost felt like there was fire coming through the phone. So today I'm blessed to have my sister Robin with us. And Robin, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mike. Wow. Well, I have to thank you also because that was the first um, time I believe that the open door came for me to speak on behalf of what God had done in my life through prayer because my my prayer life didn't really begin until my children were teenagers, but I do know that my very first answer prayer was when my father was saved and, and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ during a revival meeting at our church, and I was in the youth choir. Mm. And as a child, I was I did have a foundation in the church of understanding about prayer. I had two beautiful women who taught me as a young girl the importance of prayer. And in the Baptist church, we were really taught to pray for salvation, the gospel message, you know, of speaking about how God sent His Son to save us from our sins. And so I prayed as a child in my heart because our home life was pretty turbulent. Um, that's part of the story I won't tell today, but I do know that that was my very first prayer that I know was answered for on my behalf. And so um, my life got a little twist, a lot of twists and turns um, from that point because I grew up, um, was born in 1952, grew up in the 70s was the era that I went to college, drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Um, then I graduated from college and began to be a school teacher in mid-70s, 1975. And, you know, during the 60s and 70s, there was so much change within homes and school settings. And I can look back on just the decades that I have lived and know that so much has changed in the area of prayer and I'm just thankful, really, for the foundation that I do have, and, and that has propelled me to where I am today. And the Lord also used a couple of mentors in my life, um, Pastor Phil Bennett, who recently passed away. He was in um, church that I started going to with my children when I was a single mother in 1982. And he prayed with me over a trauma that I had in my life. And at the end of the time of his praying for me, I was thanking him and telling him how much freedom I felt. And he spoke something to me that I really didn't accept at the time, that um, maybe one day you'll be involved in prayer ministry. And I just walked out thinking, I don't believe that's for me. Mm. But um, the Lord just takes us the direction he has for us, and um, that open door to speak to ladies and pray with them through your ministry um, was the first time I had a voice um, for the Lord and to help others learn to pray and believe in the power of prayer. And so I'm very grateful for that opportunity. Mm. I still have some um, involvement with the ladies that we prayed with for I think I was involved in your ministry for about five years, and I still pray with families over their children now, 
And we have testimony of so many victories of marriages that were healed during that time that I was involved in the prayer calls. And um, that's just, that's a miracle that we need to believe for in the power of prayer. That um, That's why he wants us to have a relationship with him that's intimate so that we can even understand how to have intimacy in other relationships. He made us that way. He, he created us to have fellowship with him. And that's what prayer is. It's just an intimate conversation with the one who created us and the one who desires to not just forgive our sin, but to heal our bodies, to heal our minds and our emotions and all the wounds and traumas of our childhood. Um, most families, I would say all families actually, have um, things that they are dealing with. Today, in the world that we're living in, it has just accelerated. Um, recently, I spoke to my grandson, who is almost 20, and my teenage granddaughter, who is about to be 17, and they reached out to me and asked me if I would talk to them about prayer. And for it's for them, really, that I'm speaking out today. And I thank you for this opportunity to do that because there are um, generations coming up now who have not been introduced to the power of prayer. Mm. And we as grandmothers and mothers and fathers, we, we really have failed. And I have asked the Lord to challenge me to pray for my grandchildren in person and to um, do everything I can to be a model of that for them because when I was growing up, the things that were troubling the family were always just shrouded in secrecy. There were there was addiction in my family. There was addiction in my parents. I'm, I'm, yes, my mom and dad's families. And so they weren't dealt with in prayer. They were covered up. And it was largely the reason why my marriages failed when I um, became... Um, a person of age to marry. I married um, the first time with the idea that I would be a mother and, and a wife and that I would just live happily ever after. Even though I had some experience in prayer, I didn't even have the idea that I was to pray for my children and for their future and their purpose. So in the position that I'm in now as a grandmother, I see that the younger women live somewhat in the same place. Um, they they don't feel that prayer is the answer sometimes. They want the counseling. They want to read a good book that will help them. But we found in the prayer calls that the idea of prayer being the key, the answer, the healing of a marriage or the healing of a, a child who was a prodigal was just kind of a foreign idea to them. And I admit it was to me also, but I praise God every day for the, the times that he showed me um, how to find the answers, how to find the type of prayer to pray for my teenage son when he was in a rebellion and, um, high school 
when I had troubled marriage, uh, troubled marriage and marriage problems. I thank the Lord for the ways that He brought people into my life who knew about prayer and taught me how to pray. I told my grandchildren recently that my first prayers were read from a book. It was an excellent book called The Prayers That Avail Much, um, a compilation of all types of prayers. And I settled down on the few of those, and I repetitively prayed over my children um, while they were teens. And my son actually had a salvation experience as a result of that. And I can say that um, I would have never (laughs) made it through the teenage years as a mother had I not at least looked into what prayer would do for my family. I did lose marriages. I I experienced divorce, and my children have had experiences that have been very painful as a result. But as they began to make their own families, I began to pray over my grandchildren. And there's just been nothing but um, growth and um, greater understanding of who God is and who he wants me to be. He, he's just given me the courage to speak out today on this call. I, I'm not someone who likes to um, speak in front of crowds, and I, I think, thank the Lord that the prayer closet is a little bit easier, but um, I just felt that this was a chance for me to speak out to parents and grandparents and just say, don't shroud everything in secrecy. Um, open your heart to the Lord first. He's so safe. He's the place you can go and talk about those things that have wounded your heart. And he will be there every time. He's never late and he's, he never ignores. He's always there. You can call him, call on him at any time of the day. And once you understand the intimacy that you can have with him, it's so much easier to open your heart to other people. Mm. I know when I was doing the prayer calls with the ladies, um, that was what opened the door for many of them to find healing in their hearts and then healing in their marriages. They were um, afraid to talk about the wounds they had, and um, the Lord just gave me the way of being honest and open and it was not easy at the beginning, but when I began to see how much it helped others, I was just um, ready to do it again. And I think you spoke just a few minutes ago about, um, or in your, probably in your newsletters, I've seen it the most, about um, the need for group prayer for people to gather together. And that's what we did in those prayer calls. We got together, we shared our stories, and so, so many similarities, so many similar pains and wounds. And because of that, people became um, free and open to ask others to pray for them and to return in kind. And so um, we developed a bond between the sisters in Christ that were on the call. And there were those who were not even believers yet who got to see the example of prayer. And so I agree with you, Mike, that churches need to get back to corporate prayer 
Uh, we actually started that in our church this week, and I'm, I'm thankful for an answer to that prayer that I have prayed. Uh, we're having prayer every night this week at our church. And so I mm. uh, challenge pastors who are listening um, to open up your church to have corporate prayer. It's not a large group of people, but it is a beginning, and I thank the Lord for that. He is He is moving, and I believe that He is moving on people's hearts to pray. And we we just have to accept the challenge. It was difficult for me to do this today, but I do it because I believe so much in the power of prayer. I've had so many miracles, so many answers to prayer, not just on my behalf and my family, but for those that I've prayed for. And God has called me to intercessory prayer now to pray for others' needs and it's a prayer as a calling is is deeply lonely sometimes and it's difficult but if you uh, if there's anyone who is listening today is called to um feeling the call to be an intercessor to pray for others who call on you who say will you pray for me for my illness for my emotional wounds i i just say just Take the challenge. He will help you. I'm just an ordinary girl from the South in North Carolina. I was raised in a textile town, um, just had normal education, went to a Baptist church, and um, did Sunday school. And I was very quiet, um, not an outgoing person, more of an introvert, which really helps when you're an intercessor. But um, I'm saying that it's, it's all by the power of the Holy Spirit, as Mike spoke just a minute ago about. In the early church, the Holy Spirit was the one that gave them the power to speak the gospel message and to pray over those who are unsaved. And so the challenge today is just whatever is holding you back, probably some fear, because um, I feel the fear when I have to speak like this. Uh, I just um, said the scripture over myself. Your perfect love, Father, is going to cast fear out of my heart so that I can do this. And I won't do it perfectly, but I'll do it for you. And so I've done this today just to um, make you aware that he will walk with you. Um, It was from reading prayers to buying books and reading books and going to conferences and hearing those who were seasoned intercessors, seasoned Christian women and men who knew what it meant to to um, pray and get answers. That's what happened with me. He just walked me through the steps one by one, and here I am today and still challenged by the fact that I have um, grandchildren who've re- reached out and asked me about prayer and friends who are still learning. And we we are in this together. He gave us this beautiful place of prayer to talk with him, to share our hearts with him in, safe, in a safe and secure place. I've never felt unsafe or insecure or any of those things that 
I feel sometimes in other relationships with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Father hears our prayer, and we, we do pray to Him. That's the way Jesus taught us. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. And so right now, let me just pray over the audience. I pray for every person that's listening whether you're currently a person of prayer or not, whether you're a believer or not, the Lord Jesus Christ came to earth because the Father sent him, and the Father sent him because he loves us so much, and he wants to have an intimate relationship with every person in the sound of my voice. And I just pray in the name of Jesus that today you would listen to his voice. He does pursue us. He does speak to us. He may be speaking to you in your dreams. He may be speaking to you through the Word of God. But I thank you that you're going to listen, Lord, to every person's prayer after the end of this call. I I just challenge each one of them to ask you what it is you're calling them to do in the area of prayer. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Robin. And, uh, that was that was beautiful. <laughs> um, so, for our listeners' benefit, uh, Robin worked with us for about five years. She facilitated the uh, the women's or the wives' ministry for wives who were recovering from their husbands' porn and sex addiction, and she, she was facilitating several groups. And there was a prayer was always a big part of it. And what you I remember you told me years ago, Robin, that. You saw that 70% of the women did not have a prayer life walking in the door. And to me, this is the consequences of a church that is not a house of prayer. And so my question is, when you would have one of these ladies come to you who did not have a prayer life, and we only have a few minutes left, what would you counsel them how to get started? What would that look like? I usually shared my own personal way of prayer, which has, you know, developed probably from my own personal story that I was taught the Word of God as a child. I loved the Word of God, and there's power in praying the Scriptures. And and it takes the load off you as to what you're going to say, you know, just get the Psalms out and pray something from the Psalms that touches your heart, or pray one of the scripture, scriptural prayers of Paul and um I I can make available a place where they can connect with me, where they can understand a little bit more about the individualistic way that God speaks to women to pray. You know, everybody's not going to pray the same way. We're unique individuals. He uses our individual stories. But my particular favorite way to pray, and I believe it's the most powerful, is to pray the Word of God. And so I always point them to the Word and remind them that his word will not return into them void to, to him void but it will accomplish the purpose for which he sent it so every personal promise in the word is for them and they just have to believe in faith for that and begin to pray it over themselves and over their families when i when you were talking i was listening you were talking about the miracles you've seen and i just kept having this picture of if we had this in our churches and we spent 20 to 30 minutes in prayer corporately as a church every single Sunday, I just believe we would start seeing breakthroughs in massive ways. What do you think? 
Yes, I, I guess I would just quote um, a, my friend and prayer partner's mother, who is a pastor's wife and a, a saint who's much farther along in prayer than myself. She's age 90, and Carol always says prayer is the key to everything, mm. and that's just the bottom line. Um, he came so that we could have a relationship with him, and prayer is a relationship with him. And as we make relationship with him, we become whole, and we can help others become whole. And yes, I agree. The church needs to get on board with that plan <laughs> to put prayer first and make it the key. Thank you, Robin. This was wonderful. And I think if you've been listening to this show, you know I've been screaming from the rooftop that we have to get on our knees if we have any interest in seeing a spiritual awakening, and I will keep bringing that up. And thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.